People expect German companies to be protected. They expect them to be state-of-the-art regarding cybersecurity. And this is why most of the companies take this issue very seriously. Definitely. I know the uh, made in Germany motto right. weighs right. very, very heavily. Even for us in the UK, you see made in Germany and it's like, oh, it must be good. <laughs> it <laughs> is <especially> good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Hello and welcome to Fishy Business, a series dedicated to exploring the lesser known side of cybersecurity. I'm Alice. And I'm Nick, again replacing Brian, who's uh, enjoying a well-earned holiday. And we're colleagues at Mimecast. Every episode will be joined by a special visitor who's definitely not your average guest to share tales of risk, reward, and ridiculousness. We'll be looking for new ways to think about cybersecurity to learn how we can all improve in the fight to stay safe. Nick, do you speak German? Well, actually, I've had it uh, in school for about five years, and I've actually done my internship in uh, three month internship in, in Germany as well. So, but that's a long time ago. So I do understand a little bit, <laughs> but um, not sure if it's enough. Oh, wow, that's very impressive. Today, we're speaking to Achim von Michel, the Press Secretary for the Bundesverband Mittelständische Wirtschaft Unternehmenverband Deutschlands e.V. But we'll call it BVMW, I think, in English for short. The BVMW is the Federal Association of Medium-Sized Businesses, Entrepreneurs Association of Germany. BVMW, via Achim, is the voice of medium-sized businesses. They represent the interest of 900,000 entrepreneurial voices. Welcome, Achim. Thank you for being with us today. Hi, Alice. Hi, Nick. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. It sounds like you've got a very interesting job, but we always love to start at the beginning. How would you explain your job at a dinner party, for example? So first of all, I'm a PR expert. I'm the press spokesman for the BVMW in Bavaria. Uh, so I talk uh, to the media and uh, try to get our positions into newspapers, magazines, uh, news outlets, uh, TV coverage, whatever. Uh, I'm as well a political lobbyist here for the local Bavarian area. And I'm what you call a networker. So I bring companies together and uh, find topics uh, that they, they might uh, discuss about. So networking is the essential part of the BVMW. I think that sounds like a really, really interesting job. Definitely. We wondering that actually, sounds great. Yeah, it does absolutely <laughs> sound great. I can imagine, you know, you go through such a variety of different tasks during the day, different people that you're speaking to. What would you say has been your proudest moment of your career to date? Oh, my God. <laughs> so, so many moments. I was going to so, say, I bet you've had a lot. <laughs> so speaking about BVMW, I think uh, the cooperation with the Italian SME organization was the pr most proudest moment. Uh, that was back in 2010. Uh, took us about a year to, to form this cooperation with Mr. Casasco, who is the, the president of the Italian SME Corporation, which is much, much larger than the German one, because in Italy, so many people are self-employed. And so, yeah, we formed this cooperation. We went to a very famous place here in Germany uh, to sign the cooperation, and a lot of important people were there. And well, if you work on, on a thing for, for such a long time, you are proud of what you did. And my president was proud and everybody was proud. So that was a great moment. Oh, amazing. What an achievement. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think most of our listeners probably have not really heard of BVMW a lot. 
Could you maybe uh, explain a little bit more about what the aim is of your organization? Sure. Uh, if you look at the European perspective, there also is an English name. It's called European Entrepreneurs. That is the, the organization that represents all European SME corporations or many of them. Uh, here in Germany, it's BBMW or how we call it der Mittelstand. You may have heard of the expression uh, German Mittelstand. So we take this Mittelstand and uh, put it in our name. So it's der Mittelstand BBMW. What are we doing? We are the voice of the small and medium-sized companies in Germany. So we use the media, we use uh, political channels, we use our networking platforms. We make like 2,000 events every year in, in uh, Germany. And the idea is to give the German Mittelstand its own voice and to articulate our political and economic demands. Having lived in Germany myself for a number of years, I've been keeping up to date with uh, some of the, obviously, the latest news. And obviously, uh, one of the biggest pieces of news is the recent German elections. What do you think needs to happen politically to support German small and medium-sized businesses? Well, there's a lot to do, I would say. Uh, what we need in Germany is really a restart of economy after the pandemic. That was a trouble for many, many uh, small and medium-sized companies. If you think about all the hotels, all the bars, all the clubs. So there, is a, there were whole branches that were closed for months and months. So these people need really a restart. They got some funding by the German state. That's true. This is why they, most of them did not go bankruptcy. Uh, but still, there is a lot to do to, to revive uh, their businesses. Uh, another thing is that we definitely need less bureaucracy. Uh, we have terrible processes in Germany. If you want to do something like a new uh, train connection, it might easily take you 20 or 25 years, which really is a problem in terms of the energy uh, transformation of, uh, due to the climate change. We have to start some big, big projects in Germany. And we can only do this if bureaucracy goes down. But also in, in daily life of uh, small and medium-sized companies, there is too much bureaucracy, there is too much formal work for them to do so that they cannot fully concentrate on their uh, daily business. That's another point. Then we have, of course, the problem of the skills gap, uh, which is really a problem here in Germany. Uh, we have the problem of the digital infrastructure. Uh, it is not really a problem of the companies not going digital. The biggest problem is the infrastructure. That this is, uh, you can see this on the mobile phone network, and you can also see it on the general digital transportation, uh, like the, the fiber connections and stuff like that. Another important thing is education. Uh, we really need to transform our education processes into the new world, into the uh, into this uh, century. And last but not least, the whole pr uh, problem of climate change is, of course, a problem for uh, small and medium-sized businesses as well. Uh, not only a problem, but also a challenge. There might be many innovation-driven projects uh, coming within the next years, but you need money for that. You need the environment to do that. So yeah, climate change is one of the big uh, issues. 
With regards to the skills gap and the skill shortage that you mentioned, are there particular areas you find where in certain industries or sectors there are particular um, skills shortages? Yes, of course. Uh, you can see the, the gap in uh, the whole health sector, of course, uh, in uh, hospitals, in the care of the elderly, uh, but also in many other branches. Uh, we especially have problems with really skilled persons for machines or uh, computers as well. The whole issue of coding, of programming, you need uh, trained experts for that. Uh, we have them now, but we see a, a, a big, a huge problem uh, for the future. And do you have any insights into how well the German SMB sector is secured? You know, how well they have their cybersecurity uh, in order, so to speak, or is there still some work to be done there? Well, I'm pretty sure that there is work to be done. We don't have data on that. Uh, normally, companies like, let me think, Mindcast, they do, they do a research about that. <laughs> we don't do that ourselves. Um, so, yeah, but, but I, I talk to uh, many representatives of SME and they tell me that they have problems as well, that they have uh, uh, phishing attacks and, and stuff like that, that they have... Of course, problems with the with the with the uh, working from home issue, uh, protecting uh, the computers in the homes of their employees. Uh, so this isn't easy. And what would you say is maybe their their main concern for their business? You know, are they worried about data protection, for example, or maybe is it the threat of ransomware that most concerns them? What would you say is is their main concern? Well, I think in the end, uh, it doesn't matter what kind of attack you are experiencing. At the, mo the moment your IT infrastructure doesn't work properly, you have a problem. May it be a completely ransomware attack or just a virus that blocks your system or just the idea that you know that you have been hacked and you have to reset everything and get all the passwords new and stuff like that, which, which takes days in a, in a larger organization. And uh, one interesting thing to know is, is also, I mean, obviously it's clear that small and medium-sized companies, they don't have these big uh, IT departments like companies like Mercedes-Benz or so have. So normally it's one person or maybe it's even outsourced, uh, which makes it even more difficult to, to, to react uh, to attacks. And the work that you do with, say, for example, the European Entrepreneurial Association and working with other organizations, other countries globally, do you find that kind of German culture is, is potentially more trusting than other nations that you work with and um, say trusting those brands, trusting their cyber awareness, their cybersecurity, for example? Have you had any comparisons between other countries there? Well, not in the, in the uh, field of uh, information technology, but of course, uh, it is no secret that Germany is uh, successful because it is a very reliable partner, a very reliable business partner in, in general. Uh, you can rely on our transportation system. You can rely on ordering something and getting a good product. So part of the success story of the German Mittelstand is to deliver good quality on time. Uh, and people know that and they trust in that. So, uh, of course, this, this, must apply to the digital world as well, to the, to the whole uh, IT business. People 
expect German companies to be protected. They expect them to be state of the art regarding cybersecurity. And this is why most of the companies take this issue very seriously. Definitely. I know the uh, made in Germany motto right. weighs yeah. very, very heavily. Even for us in the UK, you see made in Germany and it's like, oh, it must be good. <laughs> uh, it <laughs> is <especially> good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. And especially with, you know, I, I deal on the customer facing side and we do have uh, prospects coming to us saying, I want my data to be in Germany. I want it to be on a German grid in Germany because I feel well protected there. So um, that's also something that we're hearing from our side. And when you mentioned, I think you made a really good point there around the small to medium sized businesses having smaller IT teams. Do you find that there are potential difficulties there with the skills gap to recruit the right people for the the roles that are required? And how is that recruitment process for those small to medium-sized businesses? That is definitely a problem because all the skilled IT professionals go to companies like Microsoft, Google, Mimecast, and, you know, the the big players. Uh, And as a small company, maybe you you simply cannot compete with uh, the salary, with the benefits uh, around your job. So this is why many SME outsource their whole IT business, which generates new SME, that is good. Um, but yeah, the moment you want to have this in your company, and I know people who don't want to outsource their IT security, or they only, they even don't want to outsource their their data hosting, uh, then you have a severe problem. Um, That not only uh, refers to IT, we see in in many areas that there is a decision every employee has to to make. If you go to a large company, you have a better salary, uh, you might have better benefits, but you are also in a higher and fire environment. If you go to to a Mittelstand company, in some cases, you can stay there for your whole life. Not always, but uh, yeah, it's a it's a much longer based uh, corporation, um, and this is why p- still people decide to go to small and medium sized companies. But the competition is severe. Yeah, that's true. As a communications professional, you know, communications expert, what would be your top tips to communicate on the importance of cybersecurity and, and potentially being prepared for it for businesses in Germany? Well, I think I would always emphasize uh, that cybersecurity is not difficult to get. Uh, there, there are perfect solutions available on the market. Uh, you don't even have to be an expert to implement these uh, services. You just have to find your provider, maybe use an expert uh, to, to show you what is the best provider for you. But uh, there is absolutely no reason not to be protected. Uh, so uh, that is the most important thing, most important communication thing. Protection is possible. It is not really expensive. So just find your provider and do it. Talking a bit more specifically about cybersecurity, um, and uh, I'm Dutch, live in the Netherlands, and there's been a couple of TV shows lately. Uh, actually, yesterday was something on, on the news about cybersecurity, and of course, we see a lot of hacks uh, in the news lately. So it seems that for some reason, there's some more uh, attention to the whole cyber criminality, cyber um, security, and those kind of things. 
I was wondering how much of a topic is it within the organizations you represent, you know, the whole cybersecurity uh, issue, so to speak? It is a very big issue, uh, as I said before, uh, with the working from home aspect, the the whole vulnerability uh, of SME uh, certainly increased. So it is a big, big problem. And I think it is obvious that the efforts of criminal organizations increase constantly. It is getting more and more viral. <laughs> So, yeah, it is a, a big problem for all kinds of comp companies and as well for private persons as well. At the, the moment you run a PC on the Internet, you should be worried about your security always. Absolutely. And I think you made a really good point there also around, you know, the pandemic and people now working from home. How have you found the companies that you represent have tackled, you know, that new working from home environment? dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic and do you think there may be a shift of people looking to potentially work from home on a more regular basis or permanently? Uh, we have a lot of discussion on this uh, during the last weeks. There was even a TV team from, from Bavarian Television who, who made a, a story about this. Um, you cannot, nobody can predict the, the future but uh, my personal opinion is that Yes, we made some good experiences with working from home. We also made some bad experiences with working from home. And in my opinion, it will not go into one specific direction. Because in the end, you need good working places for your employees wherever they are. If they are at home, you have to get them their own room to work in that room. They need all the equipment. Uh, they need good desk chairs uh, and everything. And also there is a law defining how a, a person can work in a specific environment. So being in Munich, knowing what uh, average rent is, uh, I'm pretty sure that most of the employees don't have their own room. So in the end, they sit in the kitchen on some chair with uh, some distance to the computer and do their work. And this cannot be normal. This can be a, a, a special situation during the pandemic. Okay, we did this for, I think, 10 weeks or so. But the idea of bringing this, this way of working to normal life is ridiculous, in my opinion. It will not happen. So in the end, people will return to their offices. But knowing that it is possible, they might ask their boss, okay, can I have one day of working at home a week? Or can I have two days? Or can I have two afternoons or something like that? Like that, that will work, but we will not decentralize the whole business world into people's homes. That is my opinion, but I might as well be wrong. And I think that's also really interesting points that you've made there as well, because that was quite a surprise to me when I moved to Germany and was working in Germany for a number of years. And I didn't realize about the laws and the legislation around having people work from home. It's quite different um, into the UK. And so that was quite an eye opener for me as well to understand, oh, wow, okay, you know, from, say, a workers' council perspective or a workers' um, protection perspective, there are very, very strict guidelines on allowing people to work from home, which right. was a big surprise. <laughs> <laughs> that is Germany. We have rules and le legislations for everything. Uh, <laughs> but in the end, it's good for the people. I mean, they, they are protected. They, they uh, have a good work life. Uh, and there is no reason to skip all these achievements just because we had a pandemic. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. 
Okay, thank you very much for uh, for taking time to uh, to speak with us today. It's been a really interesting uh, session and really insightful, I think, as well, especially with regards to um, the German uh, Mieterstand, uh, so to speak. Um, we always uh, like to end our episode by asking our, uh, I guess, three simple questions. So, Ahim, looking back over your career, what would be one insight you'd wish you told your your younger self? Uh, I would say keep calm and carry on. I'm a pretty emotional person. Um, but over the years, you learn that sometimes it's better to stay calm, just wait and see what comes. I love that. Yeah, I can definitely empathize. I wear my heart on my sleeve and many people who know me will, <laughs> I can see Nick laughing, will vouch for that. So uh, yeah, I've definitely learned that as I've got older to keep calm. So I can definitely empathize there. Absolutely. But it's also a good tip. And I guess it's good advice as well. And then I guess my next question is, what are you reading or listening to at the moment? Uh, we always ask the people on the podcast as well about that. Is there anything you would recommend to our listeners? Well, it's always a good idea to listen to good jazz music. I do this for 30 years now and I love it. Uh, in terms of reading, I'm pretty much interested in the whole climate issue uh, for several months now because it is rather complicated. There are fantastic books outside. Don't believe everything that you hear on the media, uh, as with most topics. So it's a good idea to get your own knowledge about what's happening on the world. There are things happening. There, they are disturbing things happening. But uh, deep diving into this topic would be my recommendation. This time next year, where do you think small and medium-sized businesses in Germany will be? And what trends do you think we'll see? Well, it's not a good idea to end a podcast with the negative implications, but I have to say that the, the crisis for the German Mittelstand starts now. I mean, until now, the companies were protected by the state. They got a lot of money from the state. Uh, they got special regulations just to survive. This all will end within the next months. And then the real life starts. We have a new government, which is uh, left-oriented. We have... A lot of debt. We have billions of debt in this time. So it is a real challenge uh, for the small and medium-sized companies to, to transform into the time after the pandemic. Not every company will survive this. Some of them will, of course, have a fantastic transformation and, and uh, earn mon more money than before. But still, this, is, this takes a lot of energy and a lot of time and a lot of manpower. So, yeah, where will we be in 12 months? We will be at a new point and we will all be very exhausted. I guess that's for sure. I guess it will happen. Interesting times uh, coming ahead, I, I suppose. Our really final question is, where can our listeners find more information about what you're doing and about uh, your work as well? Well, we have a very, very large website, uh, www.bvmw.de, uh, which also splits to the different areas in Germany. So there's a Bavarian side, there is a Berlin side, there is a Cologne side. Uh, whenever you enter your city where you're in, you get all the events that are taking place in this city. You find all the political information. You can even become a member of BBMW. We love that because we need your support to uh, make our mission come true. 
That's fantastic. Thank you so much, Hakim, for being with us today. And thank you so much to all of our listeners for joining us on this week's Fisher Business. It's been a pleasure to have you all with us. If you have enjoyed our podcast today, please do leave us a review on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you're hearing this. And feel free to follow us on our Twitter page at Mimecast if you'd like to learn more about what we discussed today. Thank you, everyone. Until next time. <laughs>